Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. Welcome to the Hail to District podcast. I'm Rajan, and with the NBA season officially tipping off next week, I'm very pleased to say that I'm rejoined by my buddies Neil and John to preview the upcoming NBA season. Uh, fellas, it's been a little bit since the three of us have done this, but good to have you back on the pod. Dude, I'm so happy to be back talking about basketball. I'm, uh, you know, waiting for baseball to end and uh, for basketball to start. I'm actually thoroughly enjoying baseball right now. <laughs> I was going to say for this. Like, once in a in what uh, twenty years? For some sense, the Nats have showed up. And for context, this is in the midst of the game four, as the Nationals are currently up in the middle of the game over the Saint uh, Saint Louis. Yeah, Saint Louis. That's right. I blanked there. I still thought we were still playing the Dodgers. But yes. So segueing back to NBA, uh, as part of our preview, what we're going to do is compare who we have as our respective top eight teams in each conference, starting with the quote-unquote first three out or adding in the first three out, meaning the three teams who are the ones who missed the playoffs or the 9, 10, 11 seeds, then segueing into the top eight or our each respective top eights of each, uh, of each conference. So in part one today, we'll be covering the West, and we'll start with the three teams who you have missing the playoff cut, or I'll start with my three teams actually, because although we teased it a little bit in our pre-pod discussion, um, I think there could be some interesting discussion. So we're very similar in a lot of cases, but I'm curious to hear you guys, uh, who you guys have. I have, as my first three out in order is the 9, 10, 11 seeds, I have the San Antonio Spurs, the New Orleans Pelicans, and the Sacramento Kings. Initial thoughts. I'm very similar to that, except I think it's we're going to discuss the first four out because it's such it's so tight for this it is. Uh, eighth seed. I had the Spurs and the Kings edging out the Pelicans just by like a fraction. I mean, they both over unders are set at thirty eight and a half. So you have the Pelicans as the eleven seed, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just because I think the their inex- inexperience is going to be what ends up being their their downfall and i just see the kings possibly making just another step because De'Aaron fox is such a beast so i'm i'm totally totally different from so i have the pelicans at nine and then i have actually dallas missing the playoffs and minnesota at 11 so let's talk about minnesota. So you have the spurs in i have the spurs in i don't i'm not gonna um you we'll can't talk count them out as long I as can't Pop's count there. Pop, i can't count pop out DeRozan and aldridge have had a year together to gel um, Timmy D's on the coaching staff. I, I don't. I just cannot count the Spurs out. They always make it. You know, in any, in any other world, that would be a trite argument. But you can't disagree with anything you just said. Like you can't. Yeah, it's just hard. I mean, like I'm not going to bet against the Spurs. Like that's just the way, the way it is. So let's get to Minnesota for a second because I my slight disagreement here in terms of having Minnesota and I wrestled a little bit with Minnesota and Sacramento just because Sacramento always seems to have the pieces that never really quite fit together but Minnesota you guys know I've I've never been a Carl Anthony Towns guy I think he's just one of those guys where he's all talent and no heart uh, you know they basketball purists will always say he's one of those guys who has you know he can just do incredible things for someone of his size and and you know his build and the athletic ability he possesses is just very rare and he can do so many different unique things for a guy his size but he just plays like a bitch. Like it just frustrates me so much watching him. And I, I've, I've never been a fan of his and I can't. And with Andrew Wiggins being all, 
all physical talent and literally zero heart or brain for that matter. I can't in good conscience give this team more than 37 wins. And thus, you know, I, that would be, like I said, the, the 12th seed in the West, I guess. I mean, I, you know, That's I, where I, have I, them. I wavered between Minnesota and Sacramento and I just figured Vivek, I'm just not going to trust Vivek. Um, I know Sacramento showed a lot of signs last year, uh, but you know, I'm willing to give Minnesota a chance. A lot of my picks were just emotional, just like, eh, these guys could probably turn it around if they really wanted to. Um, the, the Kings have so much young talent, and they've got a lot of young, big talent, but I don't know. They, I just, if they can make a step, I mean, they definitely have some pieces there that, I mean, they're really deep. You know, I was not a big Marvin Bagley guy coming out of the draft. I thought he, he smelled. Good. I thought he smelled. I like him. He had I a like little him. bit of ja- Jaleel Okafor redux. At least that's how I've thought, like in the days leading up to the draft. But him and uh, and um, I just blanked the the, the do center what, Harry Giles. Like that seems yeah. like could be really fun. Dwayne Dedman is there as a guy who could you know kind of shoot threes and kind of be the stretch. Sean drive. Holmes is there to Sean Holmes block is, shots. I mean. And then, as you mentioned, De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald, man, that's a hell of a backcourt. That's a lot of fun right there. It's just. And then they got Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yeah, who, not who they got the other Bogdanovich. Well. Yes, he had a he had a good uh, run in the uh, uh, the the was it the World Championship this summer. Um, and then Harrison Barnes is. I mean, he's. I mean, you you don't have to like him, but you at least have to admit he's not terrible. He's not terrible. Um, he's not terrible. I mean. He, He's getting paid a lot of money to not be terrible, so you don't have to like him, but you have to at least admit that he's not horrible. Uh, I am kind of interested to see what the Buddy Heald extension talks. I saw something floating around things up. where that could be a max contract, and I'm like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, that, that could be, be a, a bad mistake. idea. Oh. Although, you know, I mean, some people would argue, you know, 43%, I think, from deep last year, he... he showed flashes, just, I don't know, you can't give it to a chucker like that. Like, it's just, that's just... It feels well, like a recipe for and a singular player. Like he literally has no defensive game, right? Right, exactly. How do so? Here's the one that I wrestled with a lot. I mean, I, I had San Antonio as the first team out. I don't like it. I'll talk about why I have them as the first team out in a second. It's not so much a function of them being out as the team that I wanted to put in. But how do we feel about New Orleans? Because I absolutely see a world where they're in the playoffs. I really do. I want to watch oh, as course. much New Orleans as I can this year because I think they're going to be exciting as hell. But they're going to be a great team to watch, man. They're yeah. going to get so much airtime. I mean, obviously, like everybody focuses on Zion, but like Lonzo is going to be unleashed. Dude. Oh, absolutely. 100%. It's, it's so cool to like be able to see that guy ball without like any kind of pressure on him. Um, like Zion could not have asked for like a better uh, situation to land in, honestly. Like the, he was probably hoping for the Knicks, like to get that first pick, um, just because of the money in the market. But I think this is going to be a much better stepping stone for his career. He's going to get his bank when he's a uh, unrestricted free agent, like later. And I think the thing with Zion over there, exactly to the point you're making, he fits so well in the composition of that team. Because think about it: you have Lonzo, who's a table setter distributor. You have Holiday, who can do a little bit of everything. Brandon Ingram is a little bit of everything. Derek Favors is. He's just kind of a. I don't want to he's, keep saying he's look, good. He's good. He's 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 fine. He, he's just your classic. He's hero. a solid role player, like good center. But there's nobody who's going to be the one who's going to demand the ball or like who's going to get really cantankerous if he doesn't get his touches. So if they force feed Zion, nothing changes or nothing breaks as a result of that. And then on top, and they of also that, got 
Nikel Alexander Walker. So there's your other one. Six man spark plug. Awesome. He's going to be so good. They already look they're already excited about him. He's already looked great. That it could be one of the draft steals, at least early on, it looks like it. Um I think I, I think they could be so much fun. The one question I have, segueing a little bit from Nikel Alexander Walker, they don't really have a get buckets guy. Like a go to the proverbial Lou Williams. I'm going to go get points right now. AJ Reddick. He's a shooter. He's a sharpshooter for sure. No one can ever question that. But he's got plenty of guys to set him up, though. I mean, he's got playmakers around him to get him the ball because Brandon Ingram is a playmaker that can distribute. Lonzo can distribute. Um, and Zion's a pretty good uh, uh, passer as well. Totally so, I mean, underrated. I think he has an. Right. So I think he has. And Drew Holiday. So there are guys on the team that can definitely. Get the most value out of JJ Redick. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm not disagreeing. But they don't the have premise. somebody where you're like the, the game's on the line. Yeah, take exactly. control. Like Kobe Bryant, like Michael Jordan, um, Dwayne Wade t- type it player. They they don't have that. That situation is going to be give the ball to Lonzo Ball and have him make a decision. I think that's that's what you're going to see out of Lonzo this year. He's going to be the one that makes the decision. He might not take the shot. He's going to make the pass. Uh, or he's he's going to be in charge of the ball in that situation. Yeah, if nothing else, to your points from earlier, I think they're going to be a ton of fun to watch. You know, even with the guys they have on the bench, on the bench like JJ Redick to John's point, Josh Hart, even the great Etwan Moore. Like, you can do worse from an eight deep than that group. And like I said, if they scratched into the eighth seed, I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if Zion's rookie year goes a little better than like your standard average. I think that the amount of pressure spotlight focus that's going to be on him is going to be out of control um but i hope we've kind of tempered our expectations as a result of that i'm afraid it won't or i'm afraid after like his third big dunk of the year people are going to start going apeshit and expecting 20 and 10 out of him where they're know, they're already expecting that after his preseason and it's just as yeah. we talked about before like he's so incredible to watch on so many different levels but we're still figuring out what the hell he actually is in the nba or in college, for that matter. But I think he's like the definition. Uh, he's like really what uh, the na- he should have been the one originally nicknamed Baby Shack, not not. Uh, oh wait, the other one was Baby Fat, right? Yeah, I was gonna say that's Eddie Curry. <laughs> that's, baby, that's your boy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I mean, he's like Mini Shack. He's not like he, he's a really weird. He's got a really weird place in the league. But well, I think I, just, I think he's young Blake. Blake Griffin. He's a young Blake. He's small though. He's smaller than Blake, isn't he? He's a shorter. Not much. He's shorter and heavier. But than he's Blake. explosive. See, I think yeah. he's just big Charles Barkley, or like fatter Charles Barkley. More muscular Charles. Thicker with two C's. I don't know. Charles, Charles is pretty thick. Yeah, but not back then. And like back then, Charles Barkley. Like if you remember watching, like you know, back when he was on the Suns, like he was he was relatively lithe. I would never call him skinny, but you know, he looked like a 1980s power forward, early 1990s, minus the height. And anyway, point being, I think what he how, what he can do initially coming into the league is going to be a point of interest. Um, I think watching his basketball IQ develop will be a great source of interest as well. And um, it's just going to be very interesting to see how the hype matches up with all of this, especially if they you know if they kind of become like a Lob City Junior early on, which they, of course they have all the potential in the world to do. They're absolutely going to try to do that. As they should. I mean, if you have a, yeah. a generational gift like that in terms of a dunker, then why the hell not? Especially not to mention a, some a table setter like Lonzo. I do worry though that Zion is going to wear out very early in the season. Oh, I think he'll have his rookie slump for sure in like 
mid January to early March, like he'll get tired. Does he play over fifty games? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Really? I don't think he breaks down. I think he just gets tired and his statistics slump as a result of that. I think he definitely misses like ten, twenty games. I think he something will like hurt where he misses games, but I think he plays over I think he plays fifty or a little bit more. So let's I mean anyway. No, I was just gonna say let's let's move on to San Antonio because I think this is an easy stop. We we've kind of covered the key salient points here. Um there's Aldridge and DeRosian. They're obviously the backbone of that team. There's good old yeah, Australia. Murray back. There I was gonna say DeJounte Murray is the big the big upgrade it, a quote-unquote upgrade for them because he's going to come back after not playing all of last year due to the torn ACL. And then there's guys, there's their old man group of Patty Mills, Damari Carroll, and Rudy Gay kind of rooting things out, along with Jacob Pertle. Podol, per, Poltel, you know, that guy. And Derek White, who they're very, very excited about. So, um... And Greg Popovich. Of course, and Double G, Greg. I mean, it, it, you can't. You'd be very hard pressed to argue they could forget being the eighth seed if they were even the seventh seed or even slightly higher. Like you wouldn't be that surprised. They can't get any higher than the seventh seed. Cause no, I don't. Because yeah. the top six teams are just yeah, yeah. I, I take that back. It would be very difficult to, to get the ceiling. Seat. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen a top six this uh, competitive or this talented. I mean, the the West top six is unfair. I don't want to. I want to leave the East to for the next episode but it's funny to think of if you put san antonio or new orleans in the east how far up the standings they would be i think they'd be like the sixth or the fifth seed easy without blinking i was gonna say four right yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah i would say four because i can think of who the top three are without even looking and yep. then after that it doesn't matter yep fucking Jose so who Martin. did you guys have at uh so i had san antonio at eight who did you guys have um i guess i hate i had Dallas. I hate every sports eight. team from this city, but I had Dallas. I'm all in on the Mavericks. I, I just I love Luca. I just don't understand why this team isn't getting more love. I I'm I'm just I just don't get it. It's overlooked, man. Chris Stapps is forgotten because of uh you know the injury. He's on the Knicks. The Knicks are, as Katie puts it, not cool. Um so it's but it's gonna be a very interesting duo. I'm not I just don't. I just don't know, man. I just don't believe that they can pull it off this year. I think they need a year to gel. I think Kristaps is going to need a year to recover. Um, we've seen it with other with other folks. Um, I think next year you'll see them. You'll see them break the the playoff plane. Now, my counter argument to that is Zinger has been healthy since February. He just didn't want to play for the wretched Knicks, which could you blame him whatsoever? Like. I, I, you guys know my, you know, I'm firmly a big believer that you never are the same guy your first year after the injury. It's always the year after the year that you're, you're kind of the same person again, or at least 90% of the same person. And that would theoretically be next year for Porzingis. But even being six months removed off of being cleared to play basketball, and it's going to be really hard for Luca to kind of repeat in a sophomore year the stellar rookie year he had. But still, man, you put the two of them together and you've got like, all right, Tim Hardaway Jr. ain't amazing, but he's fine. Like he's a fine player. You've got he's a guy. He's, he's a little better than a guy. He's a well dressed guy. Like he's fine. And then <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm just and Rick Carlisle running this team. I mean, Delon Wright and Dwight Powell, whatever. They're fine. I mean, they're they're you know they're they're they are what they are. And then old man JJ Barea. Seth Curry's there. Forty five percent from uh, from deep over two of the past three seasons. Like I think he can do well. 
I don't know. I, I just I love the duo of, of Luca and Kristaps. I think it's enough, and I just don't understand, especially when they're going to have max contract room after this year is over. Like, why are we not talking about them as a big centerpiece? Of, well, that's the thing. After this piece? year, they'll have max con. Like, so after this year, I think they'll be great. Like that, I think they will add the piece that takes them to the next level. Like, the duo is going to take time to gel. I think. I, I think it's just going to take some time. I don't believe on the rest of their supporting cast. That supporting cast is like that's the cap. That's a that's a totally fair argument that like is okay even if the two of them play really well together then what exactly yeah so are we in like agree- Derek, wouldn't you rather have Derek White on that team than any of the guys you just mentioned probably no I would rather have Seth Curry oh, oh no well Seth Curry's at least done it he's at least proved so, it I need I need I need somebody to get buckets Dorian Finney Smith wasn't wasn't bad last year um yeah I mean they. Dwight Powell is springy. Justin Jackson has a couple moments. I mean, yeah, their their depth isn't great, but it's it's not awful. I mean, it's not like Wizards atrocious. So, <laughs> few so, things are. <laughs> I'm so sick yeah. of your Ish Smith bashing. Oh God. Yeah. No. I. The only reason I. I don't know. I just am blinded by Luca that that's why I put them in the AC but I could totally I could easily see them missing the playoffs I just for some reason I have this delusion that they possibly pull it together and really have something yeah this year I, but I Neil's probably page. correct and it'll be next year yeah totally emotional pick but I'm still going with it at least for right now but if it was San Antonio instead I would not be the slightest bit surprised whatsoever so using that, I think our next seven should be pretty much in lockstep, and it's really just going to be the order in which we have them. So let's just call on John. And who we, do you, who we should just it? make sure that we're calling out like win total, right? So this is all just based on number of wins, not who the best team is. Correct. In the this is based okay. off of projected wins. So I right. have who's going to finish with this seed? Correct. Yep. Yep. That's correct. So I have like the Mavs being just about 42 43 wins and like san antonio being right around 42 and new orleans being right around 41 that's how it kind of shook out for me and my really really poor man's idiot analytics well vegas says 45 and a half for the spurs and 42 and a half for dallas so 42 and a half is right about where i'd feel dallas that's right about where i think 44 45 so you'd want to bet the under on the spurs i, I would bet the under on the spurs but i still think they make the eight seed yeah so, I, w- I put them at 42 to 44 wins for the spurs right in that spot because i think pop will still do some load management even if you know doesn't have the guys necessarily to do it for ah uh, that's even, the first even time if he doesn't need phrase. to manage their loads yes Good old load management. I love how load management's quietly making its way into the NFL as well, by the way. Uh, yeah, it's called Tom Brady because he's freaking 42. And he's starting to look it. At least yeah. he always does every September and October, and then we end up looking like idiots when we look back on it two months later. Um, all right. So, John, who do you have? team. Who do you have as the I have seed? the Western Conference Finals Portland Blazers. Yes, the Western Conference Finals no-shows. Because certain someone was he hurt a knee? I can't remember what Dame hurt at that time. Dame was on fire though in the playoffs. Those I mean, first two rounds, man. He his his uh his killer shot against Oklahoma City was just brilliant. And then the the, the bye bye wave. Just yeah, that was 
that special. was like you know it's awesome that he made it but that was a terrible shot right oh it was I mean, atrocious we, we all know that was a terrible shot but it's it's awesome that it went in it's a great story ain't and, terrible uh, when you make it it's exactly and like you know you got nothing to lose when it's a tie game <laughs> so, so the thing with Portland though is they really their their roster they couldn't afford to keep everybody, so they had to lose guys. So they lost uh, Al Farouk Amino, they lost Seth Curry, they lost Mo Harkless, they lost Enos Cantor, um, they shipped out um, Myers Leonard as part of the the uh, what's the crazy guy's name Hassan, Hassan Whiteside, Whiteside trade. So that's the X they, factor they, in all of this, and no Evan Turner. And they shipped Evan Turner to Atlanta. I mean, so that's a lot of dudes they shipped out. And so they really blew their depth. I mean, when you have to have Mario Hazonia on yeah. your roster. John's boy Hazonia. I mean, they got like Kent, Kent Bazemore could have potential there. Pau Gasol, if he's got any Pau gas. Pau Gasol's got nothing he, left. You never know. Absolutely man. nothing you left. You never he know. He might, he might play like five minutes. Mark Gasol barely has anything left. Yeah, I don't exactly. think Pau has anything left. Now, they're putting a lot of eggs in the Anthony Simmons basket. Anthony Simmons or Simon? Simons? Simmons, whatever it is. Si- Simons. They're, Simons. They're putting a lot of eggs in that basket, and that's fine. They're very excited about him, but, you know, he's young. How? That's the Bradley Beal trade chip. So it's like, I think, like, the thing that goes, uh, People forget about his Nurkic. Uh, Nurkic was out for a good chunk of that uh, postseason, right? Yeah, for the yeah, entire postseason, right? So he's back, and that'll be. He was a big part of their offense. He was a big part of their scheme. And then, is Rodney Hood going to finally take a step? No, no, no. He oh, took man. his step. He's where he is. <laughs> he so he excelled last year in the postseason. He was so good I think on that's Utah, the best though. He was such a version that you'll like, see of him. He was better on Utah than he was like last year, right? I no, his postseason was really good. He had a really strong postseason in Portland. I think that's the best version that you could hope for him. The Zach Collins, I think, is the one that actually is gonna get better. That's their um, uh, that's their area was, for upside. For a white boy, he's pretty mean, actually. Yeah. He's he's kinda like a Bill Lambeer, nasty, nobody he's kinda dirty. He's he like if, if Tyler Hansborough was good at basketball. If Tyler Hansborough <laughs> wasn't a walking vagina, yeah, <laughs> right. Like if Tyler Hansborough had a good analogy, had a pro ready game, like that's what Zach Collins is. Yeah, so I definitely see them as the seventh seed, though, just because there's a ton of roster turnover. I don't really the the Hassan Whiteside is just the insurance for till they get Nurkic fully back, and then it's like all right, back in the bench, buddy. What does this white side contract look like? I can't even remember at the moment because I just I hate the glut that you have Nurkic with Nurkic and Whiteside. Unless Hassan Whiteside is not there for the long term, then I'm I'm more um, bullish on it. I think this is his last year. Yeah, he's, oh, he's 2020 unrestricted okay, free agent. Then I feel better about it. Okay. Yeah, but unless they resign, Miami just year. really wanted to get him the hell out of town. Do you blame and him? He also uh, helped facilitate the Jimmy Butler trade, I believe. Crazy ass Jimmy Butler. Gotta love him. Yeah, I don't know. Hassan Whiteside gonna get twenty seven mil this year. Twenty seven million dollars. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, I don't I don't see Portland doing what they did last year. I think last year was their ceiling, and to your point, like they were a lot of their talent came Everybody from Everybody got better. Just being 
that proverbial um, the sum is greater than the individual parts like that just kind of all came to fruition last year and, and when you lose all those individual parts as you said that you're taking away more than just those individual talents and it's just really hard to see them kind of take the next step and exactly to what you were saying earlier John the question then becomes now what do you do with this roster after that all right yeah so as I said I, I think Anthony Simons is they're hoping that he flashes a lot and that they can flip him for somebody like a Bradley Beal, um, which everybody is hoping to trade for and the Wizards really aren't budging on. But so Bradley that Beal's, is one we, of the scenarios I've seen, and the Nuggets are the other I scenario. was going to say, is that you teased it already, but I was going to say his name is going to come up again when we talk about another Western Conference contender. But let's stay on Portland for right now. If And I already, I'm sure I know what the answer to this. But if, if Portland came with a package, let's just say of um, McCollum, Simons, and two ones for Beal, what do you guys think? Take uh, it. Yeah, you take it. That's one. Yeah, you take really? it. I was going to say yeah. no. Interesting. Yeah. Because you're rebuilding, dude. McCollum's I mean, really good. I don't think they'll, they would get any player as good as McCollum in any other deal. But it does. Well, you take it. Does it, the, does it really help you? Ones, you know? Does I it mean, really you, help not, you? You've got a player, as I say, who's had a ceiling already. Yeah, you're not going to win right now, and uh, and that's not the intention. Know, it's the two the two ones is really what I would you know what's pretty interesting. And if China has its way and the salary cap goes down, that John Wall contract just looks like even worse, right? So you need more young cheap contracts. I feel like John Wall's contract should be on like every NBA term bingo, like how you're talking about load management, just like you know like. Um, a roster exemption or like a what's a trade kicker a trade waiver i feel like john wall's contract is just one of those terms that like everybody talks about it's like a buzz term like it's john wall's contract it's just so bad it's so hideous absolutely absolutely it's even like an alan houston contract it is it's i mean it's close it's pretty much close even russ's contract is not that bad and we all know it's bad but we'll get to him in a moment the what cp3 about contract yeah, yeah that's pretty bad yeah okay I wonder, I mean, I've, I'm pretty sure we all have the same team at six, which if I'm guessing correctly, this would have been unheard of even 365 days, 365 days ago. Um, Neil, who do you have at six? Uh, the Warriors. Okay, so. Yeah. John, yeah. I, I'm going to assume it's the same? Nope. No. I got I got the Lakers because I think they're going to have you. some injury struggles. There's no way that Anthony Davis... He's already hurt. Yes. If no one's going to miss time. Um, and they just have a really funky roster that doesn't... Uh, it still doesn't make sense. It doesn't... It makes more sense than last year's roster where they're like, oh, we just want to get playmakers that are physical. And I'm like, no, you need shooters. And they still don't really have any shooters. They, they only have... have they have like one point guard. Like Rondo's the only point guard. That's why they and, starting LeBron. And then they have a bunch of, they got a bunch of like really, really just weird dudes. Like Avery Bradley's like, he's on there. Apparently he's playing well. They want to play uh, JaVale McGee at center because Anthony Davis doesn't want to play the center, even though it makes the most sense. Kyle Kuzma is going to end up playing the two just based on, uh, you know, if McGee's at the five, Davis is at the four, LeBron's at the three. You're going to start Kuzma t as well. He's at the two, and he's like a power forward. And then you're going to have Rondo. It's just such a weird roster. Bro, you're forgetting about Dwight Howard and Jared oh, Dudley, man. Yeah. And you got Jason Kidd sitting on the bench. And he's not the head coach. Frank Vogel is. 
it's all just very weird. So I just I see them slipping behind, and I actually think the Warriors are going to kind of rally together. I think Steph Curry's going to have an MVP level season, and they're going to. I have the Warriors at the five. So you have the Warriors at five, um, and you have the Lakers at six. Neil, where do you have the Lakers? I had them coming up at five. See, I wrestled a lot. Maybe I'm too bullish, and maybe I'm drinking the media Kool-Aid. I've wrestled at four and five a lot, and I actually had them at four. And after talking to you guys, I feel like I'm way too high on them. Because I can't disagree with anything that John just said. I, I think it's going to be a lot of load management. There's that buzzword again. I mean, they're just going to... All they, all these guys want to do is get into the playoffs, and right. then they'll just turn it on. Exactly. I don't think they really care at all about the regular season. They're just going to try to do whatever they can, get there. They don't even care about home court. Like If you're LeBron and AD, all you want to do is be healthy getting into the playoffs. You don't care about anything else. You want a, a decent supporting cast. I think Danny Green is going to be... Uh, exactly what they need, and I think um, I think they will make some kind of moves at the uh, trade deadline, and then I think they're just going to be ready to go. I don't think they give a crap. That's why I think they're just going to be like you know number five or number six. Yeah, Kyle Kuzma is definitely their trade chip because, as I said, he doesn't really fit in the way that they kind of want to run the team. So I, I kind of see him as their trade chip to maybe get an actual shooting guard. I mean, Danny Green's a shooting guard, or they get just more guard depth as opposed to big man depth. So the only thing I'll disagree with you on about Kyle Kuzma is I think he fits really well as a third banana, be, be next to LeBron and Davis, because that third that third guy, the Chris Bosh, the Kevin Love, that guy can't. It's kind of been established that he can't be a star, because otherwise he's just going to be marginalized, and there's going to be stories about him not fitting in, fitting out, and all the other LeBron passive aggressive bullshit things. And Kuzma is a good player. He may be a slightly overrated player in the eyes of some, but I think he fits exactly to that third real archetype of what they need for a team like that. I don't think he's obviously nearly as good as the other two guys I mentioned who were LeBron's previous third bananas. But I think in that capacity, he could be a good player and kind of step up to that role a little bit and like allow him to self to develop into that capacity while not expecting to be considered one of the top 25 players in the NBA. But to the, so even with those three guys in place, I think the question still comes back to, and the one that I even wrote down in my own, my own notes is great. You have all these guys in terms of LeBron and Anthony Davis and Rondo and the poo poo platter. Is that really enough? Like, can you imagine if this team got the four seed, let's just say that, and you're talking about potentially going against the one seed in the next round of the playoffs and then the winner of the two, three seed in the next round of the playoffs. Like, do we really think even with LeBron and AD, like that's enough? That's just the thing I keep coming back to with this team. That's why I think they still have a deal to make. Yeah, they have a deal. And I mean, LeBron, so I just don't, I have a hard time ever counting LeBron out of the playoffs. Um, if he's got a healthy AD, you know, I, they're always a threat and he knows his window is closing. And I think the desperation is actually going to be a pretty interesting um, motivation behind how he performs this year. I think he's in line to have an MVP like season. So there's a few people who are kind of like, don't count out LeBron trying to get one last FU season in under in before, you know, the he starts fading from his peak. And I think that's something to keep an eye out for. Especially if Anthony Davis starts out the season on the bench because he's hurt, 
because the other theory is that that LeBron's just going to set Anthony Davis up for the MVP. And I kind of buy that, but I I think I agree with LeBron running away with it himself more than I believe LeBron setting up someone else. I think Anthony Davis has to step up for that role if he actually wants to accomplish it. Yeah, exactly. And he's not going to play enough damn games. I'm I'm sorry, he never does. I'm curious how AD is going to be under the LA spotlight because he's never been in this situation. Exactly. That's going to be the very interesting. Those press conferences when they when they go on a slump and everybody starts questioning them, how is he going to handle that? Yeah, what happens? And I even wrote this down. Like, what happens when LeBron James gives him his like you know his exasperate? You know the look he gave J.R. Smith right after J.R. Smith called the timeout. Like, what happens when Le- when LeBron does that? Was it the timeout? Whatever J.R. Smith did in game one of the finals. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he um, didn't shoot the ball. He like dribbled it out right, or whatever. Right, exactly. Yes, right. Like when he did that. Like what happens at that point when you know when he has a brain fart and is he going to be able to be mentally resilient enough to handle you know when LeBron starts getting cranky about things? I think that's a major thing, especially because Davis, like we all perceive him to be this NBA superstar, but he is kind of awkward, like as a human being he's very awkward like so you remember he had the that's all folks shirt on yep and everybody was giving him crap and he just says i don't know i just wear what they give me yeah somebody else picked that out (laughs) yeah so i heard some other interview and this guy's like a big shoe guy and he goes oh you're wearing the nike whatevers and he's like what are you talking about he goes the shoes i've got the same pair and he goes Oh, I just wear what they give me. That was on the Zach like, Lowe podcast. I can't remember yeah. who he was interviewing. I think it wasn't Dave McMenamin. It was somebody else. Um, it might have been. might have been Dave McMenamin. The guy but who yeah, I, the I just thought that was funny because it's like, wow, this guy doesn't even pick out his own clothes. Yeah. Can't he? Not that he can't. He, 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 ex- he chooses to let somebody else do it for him. Why waste the brain power? Well. Well, that well, was it. Obama only wore like two suits yeah, because that's my you don't want to waste that decision making power. One of my when favorite you have so many more important decisions to make. Obama's like of all the things I got to worry about in the world, what to wear literally shouldn't be one of my top concerns in the morning. So, anyway, yeah, that notwithstanding, to- so let's go back to Golden State because that was the one we left on the table. Um, I I really agree with John's point that there's also a shade of Stephen Curry coming out and just obliterating everyone and going scorched earth on people. And I think that's the one thing to look out for. But to the counter of that is, is he really able, especially as he gets slightly older, to do that over the full course of a season? And do they really want him to if they actually have aspirations? And why wouldn't they of you know advancing deep into a playoff run? Especially under the premise that, well, Clay could be back in February or March, and then we would have the same team from you know 2014 or 2015 in the pre-Durant era, largely together, albeit much older. Yeah, I, I think Steph definitely will go on an MVP caliber season, but I think he gets hurt. I think um, he's going to try to do too much. I think once defenses start focusing on him, who's he, you know, you're going to rely on D at that point. Cause Draymond's not going to do the scoring load. So I, you know, I'm not, I'm yeah, he's going to try. He's not going to do it. Right. They're not going to uh, go so I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent. And they lost, they lost the role players, man. They lost a good chunk of that team that made them what they were. So no Iggy and no Sean Livingston, those are going to come back. Like people are going to be talking about that all year because they were critical components of that team. 
the bench of Cauley Stein, Alec Burke, Alfonso McKinney, and Kevin Looney, like that's just shouldn't inspire a lot of confidence. That's Kevin like, Looney's not bad. Kevin Looney's not probably going to start. He's fine. Yeah, he is actually listed among the starting He's going to start. Um, I think I think Draymond is actually going to have a really big year because he's not fat. He's still he he's kept that weight off. You know, after he did what he do soul cycling. I think soul cycle. Did he, is did, what, some, what he, he did, did some Peloton? Is it is that what he did? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He did he did that to to get to get his fat butt in shape. And apparently he's been continuing to. He had a revelation. Oh, I need to work out in the off season. Shocker! Is, uh, I need gonna, to exercise because I'm a professional athlete. <laughs> Staggering. I think he's going to have the biggest chip on his shoulder, and I I think he'll also step up. I think Curry is going to have to carry the load so much, and that they're going to just have to lean on him because, as you said, the rest of the roster is putrid. I mean, it's bad. I I I mean, D'Angelo Russell. I still don't. I understand why they got him because it was basically, well, we can ship Kevin. We're going to lose Kevin Durant. We might as well get a highly uh, sought-after player back in return in this sign-in trade, even though he really doesn't make sense on this team, because worst case, we can ship him out later. I get it. I, I didn't love it either. I just, I, it's, it's... It made sense, because it's like, what is, this is the best consolation prize you can hope for in this scenario. It's, you got to do that. Yeah, yeah you I mean, had otherwise to do you it. just lose Durant for nothing. Right, like, you right. have to get something. It's but, a little bit yeah, of a Chinese food and chocolate pudding fit for me. Awful. I mean, they have Marquise Chris on their roster. It's like, really? Really? You have some semblance of a hope that this guy can have an NBA career? No, I think he's no. just a body to put literally to help fill, to get them to the salary floor, to be honest with you, because nobody should have aspirations that Marquise Chris it, is going to be a thing. How? Where does Iggy end up? Once Lakers. I was going to say, isn't he, isn't is he it the Lakers? Because he's just going to. Yeah, so well, he's, it's, it's either going to be Clippers or Lakers, and I think the Lakers are, are going to make a big run for him. Because I don't think Memphis, uh, Memphis isn't getting anything for him. Nobody's offering anything. Like Memphis would love to trade him for a, a, a second round pick in 2030 at this rate. I mean, I think they would just take anything for him. Um, but they're just not getting anything through, so they're just going to end up probably buying him out, and he's going to have his. And I don't think there's any chance he goes back to Golden State because of uh, past uh, relationships. See, I think Iguodala is going to go there. He's going to spend some time eating some ribs and some Gus's fried chicken, and he's, that's what I would do. That's what I would do. And oh my god, I love Memphis. He would load management himself. <laughs> he load management himself out of not playing for most of the year. He's like, ah, oh, you know, I just got this really bulky knee because I'm fat right now. And then once he you know gets bought out, spent about a month getting himself in shape, and then he's like, oh look, I'm you know I've got less mile wear and tear on myself, and now I'm ready for the playoffs. And I had a whole bunch of rendezvous ribs in the meantime. I was gonna say you gotta go to the rendezvous. Um. Okay. So John's got Golden State at five. I do, just because I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be friskier than you think, and I think the Lakers are going to be more uh, injury-prone slash load managers than everybody expects. I have, I, I could believe that. I swapped five and six with John. So I, I have had, the Utah at five. Wow, oh, interesting. I had okay, interesting. I do not have Utah at five. I, I don't. I and, and I, I kind of feel like I might have put them on the low side, but I think for them. They feel like a team who is really, really good to a point, but when you kind of need everything to come together to get over that next hump, I don't know how good they are. 
I that's I, called the postseason. That's We're talking exactly, about regular season. I know they have exactly a ton it. to prove in the regular season, and I think they're going to prove it. And then when it comes the real season, that's when they fall back down to earth. I also don't like their bench that much. So their starting five is very good. And Conley, Mitchell, you know, angry Joe Ingles, Bojangles, and Rudy Gobert. Really, really, really good starting five. Very nice. Arguably, you could even throw it down. If you're not talking, if you're talking about from a start one through five solidity component, maybe the best in the West. It's just from a straight one through five level, right? But, the next three guys, Royce O'Neal, Dante Exum, and Uncle Jeff Green, like, ugh. like just no thank you. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm, that that's probably what limits me the most about their upside, even in the regular season. To be honest, I think Ed Davis will be better than most people think uh, for that team. And uh, I don't Ed know. Davis I, was really solid for Brooklyn last year. Yeah, I think so. That, when they lost Aminu, that was a very good replacement. Where did you guys have Utah? I have Utah at three. I had them at two. John, look who got all the way up to two. Wow. So what's your and logic the, on them going all the way up to two? It's not It's not necessary. Well, I mean, I or can just a jump and tell you my one and two. My, my one and two teams, one, two teams are, I think they have the most to prove. And the reason they're one and two is because the other two teams behind them are going to be resting for the playoffs as well. Yep. Okay. okay. So there's your teaser for that. So I have Utah at five in that capacity. I'm not as big, and I don't really have a rational reason why, but I'm not as big on Donovan Mitchell as everybody else is. And like I said, I'm not. I don't really have a compelling reason to tell you otherwise. I probably, if in terms of like irrational, Mike Conley's really going to help him though. I like Mike Conley more than I liked Donovan Mitchell, and I agree. I like the addition to Mike Conley or addition of Mike Conley alongside Mitchell, and that maybe kind of unlocks Mitchell's game a little bit because he's trying not to do too much. And Bojangles. But I think, like, what I remember seeing from Mitchell last year, his stats were up, but if you look at the eye test, his game regressed. Yes. Yeah. And so I think he's going to, I think he's actually going to bounce back this year. I think he's actually going to uh, have a much better season than what you saw last year. Coupled with a better team, uh, that's why I think they're going to be three. And plus, like John was saying, like, regular season, they're going to be playing for wins. I don't think they're. It's still an inexperienced team who doesn't realize, you know, you maybe need to like lay off the regular season a bit for like the postseason. And they're still a small market team that yeah. that wants to win games because that's the only way they get headlines. And they still have a very uh, good, tough coach that's going to push them all year long. And I still like the French rejection as a nickname more than the Stifle Tower. Ooh. Yeah, that is much better. <laughs> that's a good one. Much better. I agree. That was that's the one Zach Lowe he Zach Lowe came up with the French rejection instead of the Stifle Tower and I'm like the French rejection is just so much better. Yeah, that that gets that kind of gets me a little excited. Whereas like the Eiffel Stifle Tower, now that's like a inverse boner. <laughs> inverse boner. That may be the new nickname now, but okay. So I had the Lakers at four. Um, I don't know. I, I might have been reading the tea leaves more than I should have on that case. Um, I have, because of, wait for the bell, load management, I have the Clippers at three. I, mean, I don't know if I jumped over number, who are your number four teams for you guys. So I have the Clippers at four due to exactly what you're saying, load management. That's the only comment I have on the Clippers on my like notes is they don't care about anything else. 
All they want to do, they're going to bow down to Kawhi. Kawhi's going to be like, I want to sit this game. Paul George is coming off two surgeries. They just want to make sure he's healthy. They're playing for the chip, man. They're not playing for the regular season. They just got to get in the playoffs. I agree. I had, I actually had the Clippers at three. I kind of like had a little trouble deciding between three and four for them because of the same reason. I don't think that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they don't care about all-star voting. They don't care about MVP voting. They don't care about stats in the regular season. They only care about making it to the postseason and, and making a run. And they're, they'll be lucky if they get 50 games out of each of them. Um, I, so, and I mean, I know they still have depth, but the West is so competitive that I think they'll be lucky to win 50 games because right now they're at over-unders at 53. They don't I have care. 50. I have, uh, I, I think, have I think they're, I think their win total is close to 50. Yeah, I'm in agreement there. I, if, at 53, I'm taking the under. I think Paul George plays more games than you guys are giving credit for. I think Kawhi Leonard will no. load management himself to death, but I think Paul George is going to play because I still think Paul George is a better – well, not think. Everyone knows that he's a better regular season player than he is in um, – in the postseason. And even with that, I think with the additions of, or with the supporting cast of crazy ass Pat Beverly to Michael Green, who I think is going to be a better player in a better situation as of right now. And then with, you know, the six, seven and eight of uncle Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, Landry Shamit, Shamit, Zubats. I'm not even, like I said, I'm not even getting to Zubats. Um, I mean, he's fine, but he's probably, if he gets 20 minutes a game, that's, that's going to surprise people. I, I'm not saying that this team is, you know, the 86 Celtics, but like, I still think they'll be enough to do well, especially if other teams are, you know, kind of load managing themselves like the Lakers. Um, yeah, but I think, which I, I don't think anybody would disagree with. And when they get into the playoffs, they're going to be dangerous as shit. If yep. healthy. Assuming if, health. Well, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the whole that, point of like why they're at the four seed in, in our projections here is because they are... I mean, they better be healthy in the playoffs if they're going to be a four seed. <laughs> so it's it's really scary. Like when you look at the future odds, so like the Clippers are seven seven to two, uh, Lakers are four to one, and that's your top two teams. And I don't want to put money on either one of them because I have zero confidence that both either one of those teams can make it to the NBA Finals healthy. So I think some really random team could end up winning it all just because Kawhi gets hurt or LeBron gets hurt or Paul George is hurt or uh, so you play you're basically playing if you're given LA or the field either LA team or the field you're taking the field I'm taking the field yeah absolutely I I just there's just too much too much too, many variables. too much weight on fragile fragile characters I, you know, I think Kawhi got it down to a science because he was such a beast in the playoffs. Granted, it was the East, but he balled out. So, I, you know, I, it's going to be hard for me to bet against LA. My theory I think, is, I think everybody takes a page out of that book. You're going to see LeBron being load managed like crazy next year, man. I feel and like that will the- lead to last regular season games. Oh, that's fine. I mean, like that. That's you know, I think that's where they want to go. I mean, I just that's where the players want to go. That's not where the owners want to go. Well, I hope the players are okay with less salary. Then, I mean, (laughs) are they? Are they? No, they're of course they're not. But yeah, I mean, like you know, you you can't just like have your cake and eat it too, man. Like that's that's just not the way it's going to work. I feel like the the owners do it. The Clippers are. They remind me so much. I feel like they're very similar to the Raptors last year in the way they're constructed. 
or the way that they like obviously Kawhi was with the Raptors last year and I feel like that kind of one through eight depth where they can get contributions from guys six or seven and they have one star um, and like one and a half stars I mean, it, it remains to be seen if Paul George can even do what Pascal Siakam did in the playoffs last year, because George hasn't done shit, to be honest with you. Um, but I feel like that blueprint is there, kind of on Neil's point that, you know, Kawhi Leonard showed, you know, what's capable, what what teams are capable of, or what he's capable of on a team. I mean, like, pre-broken leg Paul George was filthy against Miami Heat in, in Indiana. So, Early I, you know. Early in his career, yeah, but like, yeah. Play, playoff P in Oklahoma City was just so fucking terrible. Well, he had Russell Westbrook taking up shots, man. So Even like, the, everything else around them was so yeah, bad. Still. I mean, it was basically Stephen Adams and Jeremy Grant and nothing. He like, was Paul a, George was in MVP discussion last year. And yeah, I guess that goes back to saying he's a regular season guy. But I think he... I I think that the... I think Kawhi Leonard would be happy to like make sure that that guy is balling. Yeah, I think, and I think maybe as a second banana and like as somebody who you know, will actually get the ball and like playing with Russ. Um, he could do better, but like I said, they'll, but if Paul George has a good playoff season, it'll be his first and since he left Indiana, which isn't that long ago, even if it feels like it. It feels like a long time ago. It does feel like a long like time ago. three years ago now. <laughs> NBA ages like dog years. All right. So that's three and four. Um, one and two, basically, I feel like, are pretty self-explanatory given the teams that are left. It just depends on the order. Um, it's some combination of Houston and Denver for the sake of advancing the conversation. I have Houston at one just because James Harden and regular and um, Russell Westbrook are clearly regular season stars and Denver at two, because I think it's hard to compete with the firepower of Houston. I have the, I have the same order. See, I got the nuggets at one. I had the rockets at four. Wow. Because I just, I just see them having issues. There's just a lot of <laughs> there's a there's a lot of calamity around that franchise right now. I think that's going to kind of carry over. Did I that think, change in the last like week, or uh, did you have would you have had them at four like two weeks ago? I just made my rankings yesterday, so <laughs> um, I just think that the Harden Russ thing, like Chris Paul fit. Better because Chris Paul can shoot. Chris Paul hated Hart, though. He hated. He like, hated him. Yeah, but he on the court he fit better. Like, and I know that Russell Westbrook and Harden have played together before, but this isn't the same Russell Westbrook, and this isn't the same James Harden. Like they they no. flip flop roles because Russ was the beast. Now James Harden's the freaking man, and Russ. I mean, he's just like you say. LeBron always needs shooters surrounded surrounding him and i think that's kind of what harden also needs and russ is not that like he just is not that he cannot shoot if he can somehow shoot around 35 percent from three-point range which isn't great um then it works but if he's still shooting sub 30 percent they're going to be in trouble my only counter to that is that russ and westbrook russ is westbrook russ yes, and harden is. wanted to play with each other like Finkel and, and Einhorn. And I Finkel is Einhorn. <laughs> and I think they asked for this and they're going to try in the first year to make it work. Like they're going to try. And I think if there's going to be cracks in the foundation, it'll come out in year two. But I think sheerly by the fact that they, you know, kind of forced this 
scenario or they came together to create this scenario, they're going to be more forgiving of each other's wrinkles in their own game or being, you know, not having the ball in their hand as much. Or if the other one takes a lousy shot, being jealous that I should have taken the lousy shot instead at that time, I think there's going to be more leeway. And I think in year two, it's going to manifest itself, especially as one, if not both of them get older. I I just don't think the ownership or GM are going to let them go like south. So as soon as like things are looking like they're irreparable, like a trade is going to be made. And it's going to be a terrible trade. It's going to be very one-sided. Um, Houston is going to give up a whole ton of stuff to get rid of one of those pieces, most likely Russell Westbrook. I was going to say, you're not getting rid of Harden because Westbrook's contract is almost as bad as John Wall's. Yeah. Yeah, so you're you're gonna have to do something uh, there. I I don't think the I don't think the ownership or leadership of Houston is gonna let them uh, drop to like below the two seed. You mean you're I telling don't. me that Tillman Fertitta is not a stable, cogent, well thought out guy? <laughs> he, well, if you read his book, you should shut up and listen to him. Ah, yes. Nothing screams leadership by uh, saying you should not talk. That's isn't that how. Uh, Bruce Allen tries to run the fantastically well-oiled machine that is uh, the Washington Redskins. No, Bruce Allen just chugs as many Coors Lights as he can and then hopes for the best. That works yes. for me, man. I was going to say. You drink much better beer than Coors Light. That's fair. Yes, I'd rather drink Bush Light than Coors Light. <laughs> so Denver's the other team we haven't got the, that we have basically left. Um, they're fun, but they're, as we've talked about, either at their ceiling and primed to make a trade or they're, they're just going to be a, to make a trade. or a fun regular season team. Um, and as we all know that they're, it's no secret that they're one of the prime contenders for Bradley Beal. Oh, their best pickup is Michael Porter Jr., man. That's true too. Now, if that becomes a thing. He's look good. Yeah. I think that's going to be the thing that people will start talking about. I think he's going to put them over. He's got he's, a little bit of a log jam ahead of him though because he's got Will Barton, Malik, uh, Beasley ahead of them. Well, they'll, that's who that, those are the guys who will get moved, right? They, they, they'll get moved for like low picks or just like other pieces. I think Michael Porter is going to move his way up the ranks. Interesting. So you don't think that if a contender or if a team who could trade him a piece, like let's just say hypothetically the wizards were going to come and they, I, I think any team would have to start the conversation, like you need to throw Michael Porter into the deal. I, it just depends how good he is. I mean, he's young and cheap. Yeah, he's real cheap. What was he? 14th, 14th pick? Yeah. Yeah. Like one ahead of the Wizards? I believe it was right before the Wizards took Troy Brown. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and I mean, Troy Brown's fine. He's he's not bad, but he's, he does not hold the potential that Michael Porter. Yeah, I mean, he was a consensus number one overall pick before he got hurt in college. So, I mean, that, that really says something. Um, yeah, a a package of Gary Harris, Michael Porter Jr., and other things is quite interesting for Bradley Beal. I, I would be very titillated by that package. I would. If, yeah. a if package Michael of, Porter Williams comes out healthy, playing well. Now, if he comes out and gets hurt again, then I don't want that guy. He's never going to play in this league. Yeah. But if he comes out healthy and, and, and is productive, then yeah, because at least he's young, he's cheap, he, he might fit your window of once John Wall's Awful contract is off the books, even though we all wanted them to. We were cheering for them to give John Wall a 
extension. Well, because he was being a little bitch when he wasn't being paid, so we just wanted him to kind of stop being that. Well, and he really was good that year before. He was I mean, good, but you don't have. He was an All NBA player. That's why he got the the Supermax extension. Yeah, I know. I'm not just. I'm not. Uh, it was one of those things. It's like you had to do it. You had to pay him, and totally backfired. Yep. Yeah. So, but has any Supermax worked out? No. Well, the, the I'm trying to think who are the only ones. So the Steph got one, right? Steph Harden, Russell Westbrook, John Wall. Mike Conley didn't get one, did he? I don't think he got Supermax. He just got three years and 150. He just he just got a big freaking contract. He got a big one, yeah. That so I think work. I think those are the only Supermax because I Chris Paul wasn't a Supermax. It was just a ton of money as well. Yeah, they, yeah, Supermaxes are quite dangerous. Yeah. So when when uh, Bradley Beal was in all NBA conversations, I was like, please, please do not make third team. This would not work out well for the Wizards to have two guys on a super max because you, again you're like, uh oh, we've got to give it to him, don't we? Dame has one too. I don't see that working out for them either. Yeah, he just signed that one, right? I don't yeah. think that's out. he just signed that. That's going to be good for another year or two, and then that's going to start looking real terrible. Yep. So finally, for once, I think the the takeaway this is really for both conferences, especially the LeBron James era. This is the first time where you can have a legitimate conversation of who's actually going to win. Who's going to be the team left standing to go to the there? NBA there's no foregone conclusion. For the first time, as I said, in God knows how long, in, in in either conference really, and we'll cover the Eastern Conference in part two of this. But um, yeah. Any concluding thoughts? I have the Lakers coming out of the West. I'm still going to take the Clippers. I call it Homer recency bias, whatever. I, I'm still I'm still hard pressed. To, to bet against the Clippers, especially with Kawhi being fully able to engulf LeBron defensively. And I, do I say still, that. I have this uh, delusion that the Warriors are going to get Clay back for the playoffs. No and, way. You're picking the Warriors. Yeah. Wow. That's some bold and, prediction. And again, awesome. somebody's going to be hurt on both LA teams. They're, they're going to just, they're just going to have injury and they're going to fall apart. I think LA is so desperate to be relevant again, get a championship, and they know their window is closing, that they will do something at the deadline to make things just There's tilt. just not that many movable pieces that are appealing, they're, that they'll are do some, available. They'll do they're, something. They'll do I don't something. Know like what Bradley Beal is literally the best prospect out there, and none of the LA teams have the capital to get him. So they won't take John Wall's contract? <laughs> no. No, I don't think so. Yeah, the I'm Lakers still... might, but they they had their chance. They, once they shipped out Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball, they really and all those draft picks. They just no, they have no assets. Have Danny Green? <laughs> yeah, awesome. That's great. All right, we'll wrap it up for part one of the of our of our podcast, our part NBA preview podcast. Uh, make sure when we drop part two, which will probably be tomorrow, you listen in as we do the same thing for the Eastern Conference. Um, if you haven't done so already, as I implore you at the end of every pod, please make sure you follow us on SoundCloud, like us on iTunes, leave us some feedback. And as I mentioned, keep an eye out for part two of our 2019-2020 NBA preview where we do the same thing for the Eastern Conference and project who is going to come out of said conference potentially and um, meet whoever we determine is going to win the West in the finals. So thank you again for listening and we'll talk to you soon.
Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.